All right, excellent songs again. Thank you very much. Appreciate you all being here and uh, so grateful that you decided to come. Is anybody enjoying winter so far? We had snow every day this week. Somebody's prayer life is working. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right, I want to do something a little bit different this morning, and I want you to participate with me if you would. I'm going to put a verse on the screen. It's John 15, 5, and I'm going to ask you to say this with me, okay? This is our theme verse for the year, and so I would encourage you to start memorizing this, okay? Putting it to memory. So let's start John 15, 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. All right. That is our theme verse. And so I want to challenge you to put that to memory. Abiding in Jesus Christ, being rooted and grounded in him. If we are rooted in him, the Bible says here, and Jesus says, that we will bring forth much fruit. And so I want to encourage you with that. Let's begin our service with a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to be here. Father, I pray that we would um, listen this morning and learn and become far more acquainted with who you are. And Father, know you even deeper and on a deeper level. And Father, I pray your will be accomplished here today. If there's one person here that doesn't know you as personal Savior, then Father, I pray that today would be the day that they learn that truth. And Father, I pray that they would leave here uh, having you as personal Savior. And Father, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me again ask you a question this morning. And again, this is a participation question. And I know it's tough for you this early in the morning. It is 10 minutes to 11. Some of you are still wiping sleep out of your eyes. But do your best to try to participate. Okay? By raising your hands. How many of you have been attending church, not just our church, but church in general, for 50 years or more. 50 years or more. Okay, just look around, everybody. Lots of people have been attending church for 50 years or more, okay? How about 40 to 50 years? Raise your hand. 40 to 50 years, okay? 30 to 40 years. That's me, actually. 30 to 40 years, okay? How about 20 to 30 years? All right, everybody looking around? We're still getting them, okay? How about 10 to 20 years? Okay, good. All right, one to ten years. You've been attending church for one to ten years. Okay, good. And then how about less than a year? Anybody? Okay, we got some. That's great. Okay, now that's awesome. Okay, now let's give everyone that just raised their hand, which should have been everybody. If you're here today, you've been attending for less than a year. going to be a long day. <laughs> Let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt, okay? And say that everyone who raised their hands today have not just been attending church, okay? You've not just been coming in and putting your rear end in a seat, okay? You've been coming and you've been walking with Jesus and you have been deeply rooted in him. Let's give you the benefit of that doubt, okay? So some of you, for over 50 years, you have been deeply rooted in Jesus Christ. Some of you just started becoming deeply rooted in Jesus Christ. So if I was to go back through all of those groups and ask each one of them, for those number of years, what exactly have you been rooted in? And you can't say Jesus, okay? 
Because that is the answer. But what exactly have you been rooted in? What precisely have you been drawing from Jesus? I would assume that we would get all kinds of answers. I'm not going to do that today, but I would assume we would get answers like, well, I would be getting eternal life. And you wouldn't be wrong. Some might even say, I've, I've received deeper meaning for my life, and I've received satisfaction in my life. We might get answers like, I have sustainable joy and long-lasting peace. We might get answers like, I've gotten more money, and I've seen more success, and I just have an all-around better life. Again, the, the answers will vary, but the question is this morning, if we are going to be rooted in Jesus Christ, what exactly are we rooted in? What is, who is Jesus Christ? What is this thing that you're calling me to? You're throwing deep roots and lasting fruit. What exactly are you going after here? We need to know exactly what nutrients we should be drawing, what we are rooted in. The reason I want to study the book of John is because John answers this incredible question for us throughout this entire fourth gospel. There are four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're the first four books in the New Testament. Those gospels are the, just the stories of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ walked on this earth for 33 and a half years. For three and a half of those years, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John walked with Jesus. And as they did, they had first-hand witness account, and they wrote those things down. And so we get the chance to read them. Now, there are multiple places where those Gospels agree. They have the same stories. In fact, they're called, the first three are called the synoptic Gospels. They're very, very similar. But John's Gospel is just a little bit different. It just has a little bit of a different flavor. And this is truthfully why I want to get into this. Oliver Green, a commentator, said this about John the Apostle. He said this, John, the beloved disciple, gave himself to Jesus with a passion of devotion never equaled by any other mortals. And having done so, his heart closed around its object and Jesus became all in all to him. This is why I want to study John. John, the beloved disciple, he knew nothing else in love but Jesus Christ. G. Campbell Morgan put it this way, John uses the name Jesus 256 times in his gospel. John is keeping us face to face with the human Jesus. Jesus as he was known on this earth. His eyes were ever on Jesus as known in the days of his flesh. This is admittedly the gospel of our Lord's deity. And yet, this gospel keeps me close to his humanity. More than any of the other gospels do. Matthew, I am in the presence of government all the way through. I am impressed with authority, Morgan says. Mark, I am in the presence of the suffering servant, stripped of his dignity. Luke, I am in the presence of man. In an ideal perfection that almost frightens me, but in John, I feel I can handle him. And get close to the human. He never lets me get away from the human. We get to see Jesus as he walked on this earth. John knew Jesus Christ. He loved him 
fact, John was one of the inner three disciples, the inner circle. John knew who Jesus was and all that he was. He loved him and was deeply rooted in him. And so this is why John makes an excellent book to study in regards to this subject. John himself actually summarizes his gospel. I want to take you there in John chapter 20. Anytime an author summarizes his own work, we ought to take note of it. John chapter 20 and verse 30. John chapter 20 and verse 30. If you don't have a Bible, there will be on the screen here for you. John 20 and verse 30. The Bible says this. Watch this closely. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Okay, so what I want you to get from this particular passage, this first part of this passage is Jesus did far more signs than could ever be written in this book and the Bible. He's, John says a little bit later, the, the books of the world could not contain it. Okay, so what I want you to see is John picked, handpicked by the Holy Spirit of God, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, he handpicked certain signs for a purpose. What's the purpose? Okay, but these are written, why? That ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. You want to know why the book of John is written? And so it's so that every single person that reads this book will believe that Jesus is the Christ. That they will believe that he is the Son of God. And that in believing that, you can have life through his name. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. So hear me, the name of Jesus is important. At his name that we might have life in him. This is the whole reason John is writing this book. Jesus is the one that gives life. And he is the one that we should be drawing joy, peace, meaning, satisfaction from. But see, Jesus is far more than just joy. Jesus is far more than just peace. Jesus is far more than just satisfaction in life. Jesus is far more than gaining success. Jesus is far more than all of these things put together. Jesus is life. Jesus is life. You say, I don't really understand that. What do you mean, Jesus is life? I'm alive here today, and truthfully, I'll be honest with you this morning, I haven't been rooted in Jesus my whole life. I'm alive. The Bible's talking here about something far deeper than you or I typically think. You see, human beings are a threefold humans. Threefold beings. We're, first of all, we're physical. What you see here today we're emotional. There's things that I feel that you cannot see. And we're spiritual. We're spiritual. And by the way, God is all of those things as well. God is all of those things as well. And so it's the spiritual life that we need to take note of here this morning. Jesus speaking in John chapter 10 and verse 10, he says this. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. Watch this. I am come that they might have what? life and that they might have it more abundantly 
John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 1 John 5, 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Jesus is life. Jesus is life. I'm going to say that a thousand times today. Jesus is life. I want you to turn over to John chapter 1 with me this morning. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John 1 and verse 3. Watch this. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So he was a part of every single thing that was made. Verse 4. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. You see this morning Jesus is not just a life. Jesus does not just contain life. He is life. He created life. He is every aspect of life. You realize that in order for our physical lives to be sustained, we have to have four things. Four things. We have to have sunlight. Okay, if it was dark all the time, nothing would ever grow, nothing would ever be sustained. We have to have air. Every one of you are breathing it right now. We have to have water. Bodies are made up of a huge percentage of water. And, my favorite, food. I love food. Okay, so those are the four things. Did you know that Jesus is every single one of those four things? Let me show you. John chapter 8 and verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have, what? The light of life. He's the light. In comparison to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, which says this, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, what? The breath of life. And man became a living soul. In that comparison, Jesus breathes on his disciples. And they receive the life of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20 and verse 21. Then said Jesus unto them again, peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathes on them and saith unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He's the breath of life. John 4, 13 and 14, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He is the water of life. John 6, 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. 
He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Are you getting the picture this morning? I'm trying to paint it as clear as possible. Jesus is not just an aspect of life. Listen to me, if you've been here for 50 years, you've been in church for over 50 years, and you've just been loving life and and enjoying it, and your answer to the question, what are you drawing from? Your answer is, I've just seen the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I encourage you, that's wonderful, that's amazing, but you're missing out. If you say, I've just enjoyed the joy of life from Jesus Christ, listen, wonderful, spectacular, I'm so happy for you, but can I encourage you, you're missing out on something else. You say, listen, Jesus has just given me such a great life, it's just been abundant. Listen, I've had blessings upon blessings upon blessings, that's wonderful, but you're missing out on something. You see, unless Jesus encompasses your whole life, you're missing out on all that Jesus can give. Jesus is not just a life. He encapsulates life. He is life. In fact, there is no life without him. Again, you can be physically alive, and that's great. It's a wonderful thing. But unless you have Jesus in your life, you cannot be complete in life. You will be missing something. So there is no life without Jesus Christ. You say, that's a pretty bold statement. It is a bold statement. There may be some sitting here this morning that might be asking the question, well, what makes Jesus so special? What makes him think that he is the life giver? What makes him so special that he is so high and mighty? I skipped a couple verses here in John chapter 1 on purpose. Look with me in verse 1. The Bible says this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I want to take you over to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, first book of the Bible, first verse of the Bible. Watch, you will see a very interesting correlation here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Verse 1 of Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Watch this. And the earth was without form and void, and what? Darkness? Jump back to John 1.1. What do you see? Verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness. Chapter Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. Darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In verse 3, God said, said, let there be what? Light. And there was light. And God saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. This is no coincidence. 
No doubt John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, took from Genesis chapter 1 and said, listen, he was in the beginning. The beginning of time, he was already there. He is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. In the book of Revelation, he is called the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Listen, he is everything. He is all eternal. He is all life-giving. John gives, uh, p- portrays him as the ever-existent one. The word existed before the beginning of time. When the beginning started, the Word was already there. The Word has always been, and the Word will always be. But you ask yourself the question, well, what is the Word? This is wonderful, but what, what, what is that? What is the Word? In order to understand that question, we need to ask ourselves this question. What is a Word? What is a Word? It seems so basic, doesn't it? All of us use them all day, every day, don't we? Some more than others. What's a word? Word from Strong's Dictionary means this. Something said about a topic. Communication. Something said about a topic. Communication. Webster's Dictionary describes a word as this. A speech sound or series of speech sounds that symbolizes and communicates a meaning. Pretty basic, right? You all following me still? So words are a way for us to communicate meaning. Hopefully today, hopefully, it has been my prayer that you will gain some meaning from the words that I am saying today. Whether the written word or the spoken word. And so John is using this illustration. Let me try to rephrase Words are a way for us to reveal to other people what is going on in our hearts and our minds. When you go to the doctor, he's going to ask you something. Why are you here? Well, I've been having some pain. Can the doctor see that you're having pain in your chest? Not unless it's crippling you. Okay, so what do you have to do? You have to use your words to tell him what's going on on the inside. This is why it's so difficult for babies, right? Because they don't know how to say that. All they know is, I don't like what's going on and I'm going to scream about it. They don't know how to use words. You sit down across the table from your spouse and you say, how are you feeling? Men, be very careful in using this. And you know what? If they just go, hmm, which most men do, hmm, there's not a whole lot of information there, is there? But when you say, listen, this is how I'm feeling. I'm really hurting. I've experienced some pain this last week, and you know, you just don't know what happened to me at work today. And you begin to use your words as a gateway into your soul. Watch this. Luke chapter 6 and verse 45 says this, For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. With words I reveal my feelings, my thoughts, my intentions. Words reveal everything about me. Look at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with whom? With God. And it doesn't stop there. The Word was God. 
The same was in the beginning with God. Here it is. The Word is God revealed to all mankind. Write it down. The Word is God revealed to all mankind. You know what God's doing? God's saying, I want to show you everything about me. I want to show you. I want to show you who I am. I want to reveal myself to you. I want to give you something that you can see, something that you can look at, something that John says your hands can touch and see the glory of God. The Word has always been. The Word has always been with God. And the Word has always been God. In fact, John chapter 1, go down to verse 14. Verse 14 says, And the Word was made what? Flesh. And dwelt among us. Watch this. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. You see, we, through Jesus Christ, we see God. We see God. There will be many people who will try to dissuade us from the fact that the Word is Jesus and Jesus is God. Many people will try to dissuade you. Because they just want to say that Jesus was just a good man. They'll want to say that Jesus was just a prophet. They'll want to say that Jesus was a God. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what those closest to Him knew about Him. People will say things like this. If Jesus were God, he would not have had a body. If he ate anything, he didn't really swallow because God doesn't need to swallow. Crazy stuff. He may have appeared as a person, but he did not have a physical body. John says, not a chance. Let's read verse 14 again. And the word became, was made flesh and dwelt among us. Watch this. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He says, John says in his other book, 1 John chapter 1, he says this. He says that that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. Listen, you can try to convince me all you want that Jesus was never a physical body, but John's saying, I've touched him. I've experienced him. I've seen him with my own eyes. I've heard him with my ears. Listen, Jesus is physical. He was in flesh. Well, then the skeptics will say this. Well, if he had a body, then he certainly was not God. And John says again in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you say, well, that's just translated wrong. That, that's not good enough for me. Listen to me. If you're going to dismiss this passage of Scripture, then you're going to have to dismiss multiple others as well. Let me give you two. John 10, 30. Jesus says, I and my Father are one. John 14, 9, he says this. He that hath seen me has seen the Father. Listen, 
There's no getting around it. Jesus was both God and man. Jesus was God revealed in flesh to all mankind. Jesus is God and Jesus became flesh. In fact, at his birth or just before his birth, the angel said to Joseph, Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God revealed to mankind. Jesus is the Word. He is God in the flesh for all mankind to see. He is life and every aspect of it. Listen to me. We cannot live outside of Him. This is the Jesus we ought to be rooted in. Not this Jesus that, yeah, he's over here. He's one aspect of my life. You know, I, I come to church on Sunday, and that's about all the Jesus I get. No, listen, Jesus ought to be every aspect of our lives. Listen, we're not drawing nutrients from any other place. Because Jesus is all-encompassing. He encompasses every part of life. This is the Jesus we should be rooted in. This is the Jesus we should be drawing strength from. This is the one by whom everything consists. Everything works in that way. Acts chapter 17 and verse 28 says this, For in Him we live and move and have our being. Can you say that this morning? Can you say that in Him we live and we move and we have our being? Any step I take is with Jesus. Any move I make is with Jesus. And we say that this morning. Every thought I think is with Jesus. Every word I say is with Jesus. Every person I meet is with Jesus. Every problem I deal with is with Jesus. Every financial problem that comes up in my life, it's with Jesus. Every decision I have to make, it's with Jesus. Jesus covers every aspect of my life. Can we say that? I'd be willing to say that even if you've been in church for 50 or more years, you can't say that fully. Because the fact of the matter is, we're all human beings and for some strange reason, I'm not sure why, but we like to try to do things on our own. Oh, I can solve that financial problem by myself. No problem. Oh, that person at work, they get right under my skin, but I can handle it. I can handle it. We try to solve all these problems. And listen, what I'm trying to get us to realize this morning is that Jesus is the all-encompassing life. In Jesus is the answer to every problem of our lives. Why? Because there is not a problem that exists outside of him. The Bible says that he was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. That struggle you're going through right now, he knows exactly what to do about it. And all you got to do is tap into it. He's a resource that you tap into. You know that issue that you've been having for years and years and years that you just can't seem to get over? He knows what that's all about. He's been there. He's felt that. that. Bitterness that's rising up in you. Listen, he knows that. He feels that. He's been there. Tap into the resource of Jesus Christ. 
In Jesus is the fullness of life. In Jesus is our full and complete satisfaction. In Jesus is our peace. In Jesus is our joy. In Jesus is everything. Everything. Let me ask this question. Do you know him? Do you, do you know him? I love it when people say, yeah, yeah, I know that person. Like, well, my follow-up question is, how many times have you talked to them personally? We had the opportunity to go see a comedian recently. His name's John Christ. Guy's hilarious. He's a Christian, he's clean, and he's hilarious. And so I, I asked my wife recently, I said, who is the funniest person you've ever met? Hoping she'd say me. <laughs> and you know what she said? She said, John Christ. I said, you liar. You never met him. She's like, yeah, I went to one of his shows. That's not meeting somebody, in case anybody's wondering. That's seeing somebody on a stage and hundreds if not thousands of people. See what I'm getting at? Is sometimes we say we know somebody, but we don't. So let me ask you again. Do you know him? Do you know him on the level that John the Apostle knew him? You say, well, John had an advantage. He was walking with him. He was talking with him. Yeah, he was. You know what? We get the same opportunity. Oh, it may not be physically, but spiritually. There's a song that says, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. He tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other and ever. Listen, something so spectacular. We have that here today because he is the word. Are you spending time with Jesus? Are you spending time with him? Are you spending time being rooted in the life giver? You say, I just don't know what my meaning in life is. I encourage you, spend time with the life giver. Spend time with life itself, Jesus. Sometimes we like to spend more time with life takers. With life takers. You know, there are a great many things that rob our lives from us. A lot of distractions. They could be even good things. I had the opportunity to have several meetings this week, and I enjoyed them thoroughly. But you know what? That's not exactly life-giving. It's me giving out. So you know what I need to go back to? I need to go back to Jesus Christ and gain some more so that I can give out. And I need to go back to Jesus Christ and gain some more so that I can give out. But most of us are living life just doing this with no income. Listen, you do that for long enough, you will get depleted very quickly. And this is what I said last week. Last week, we've seen Christians oh, be on fire for God for a year, two years, three years, but then slowly peter out. Why? Because all they did was this. They've never been rooted in Jesus Christ. You want fuel for the journey? Get rooted in Jesus Christ. 
You want to be with him for the long haul? You want to be sustainable? Get rooted in Jesus Christ. My challenge to you today is very simple. Get to know him. Get to know him. And I'm not encouraging you if you don't know Jesus Christ just to jump all in and be all over it and, and just, listen, start getting to know him. Just start. The way we start a relationship with somebody is we just, hey, would you like to go for coffee sometime or maybe shoot him a text? You start small. Can I encourage you to start small? Start reading the book of John. Just read, just read chapter one today. Maybe, maybe tomorrow you go back and you read chapter one again. And then on Tuesday you read chapter 1 again, and on Wednesday you read chapter 1 again, and on Thursday you might read chapter 1 again. Listen, we're not in a rush here. We want to get rooted. Listen, those roots that take the longest to go down are often the roots that stay there the longest. So take your time. Take one step this week and get rooted in Jesus Christ. If you do, you will begin to yield the most incredible fruit a human could ever imagine. We'll see that in John. And we'll see that throughout this whole series. But this can only be found in Jesus Christ. The Word. The life. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Father, what a privilege it is to be here and serve you. I pray that you would help us all to be rooted in you. For those that need to, Father, I think all of us need to take at least one more step today. One step closer, one step deeper, one step into the right direction where we're drawing nutrients from the entire all-encompassing life, from the Word God revealed to us. Father, I pray that your will would be accomplished here today. I pray all these things in Jesus' name.